0: From Los Angeles, California, this is BurnCast, and I'm the bomb. Happy Tutu Tuesday, and welcome to the show! In today's episode, we catch up on the playa with Peter Hudson, the artist and creator of the Homorobris. This amazing project was the stroboscopic zoetrope in which monkeys swung from branch to branch as a snake came down from the tree with an apple. Some of you listeners may recall we first met Peter last May in Burncast episode number 40 as he was preparing and fundraising to bring the project to the playa. In this episode, I catch up with Peter on Sunday before the event had even started. He begins by telling the story about how he got the idea to create this art piece, then he'll talk about the meaning of it, and then he'll get into some challenges that came up during its construction phase. We wrap up the interview with a test run of Hamora Roburis. This was the first time the project was operated on the playa. Now, earlier in the week, there were monkey masks hanging from the tree and these were designed to enable the viewer to see the stroboscopic effect during daylight. Unfortunately, these masks were stolen as the week progressed. Okay, let's listen to our interview with Peter Hudson.
1: Oh yeah, this is the exact placement that I want exactly this placement. I don't know if the I told you in my interview about how the, my inspiration would last year when I came out here and the storm and the, one of no, the big ones. Know. Oh, I didn't tell anybody right, about right. that. Let's talk about that. Okay, well, um, last year when I came out here, I didn't really have any agenda, no art, no. I wasn't even sure if I was going to come or not. Or, uh-huh. you know, and I, I, you know, I was like, my was like eh, I don't want to miss anything here about something that I missed, you know. Right. So I came out and I just had the most wonderful time of just, It was just this wonderful, in the best sense of the word, humility of just experiencing other people and their art. And I had the most wonderful experience out here. I was flying my kite, and in the middle, I was between the Starry Mandala and the Ukronia. Okay, And this big dust storm comes up, and I'm flying my kite. In this dust storm, it's just dragging me around. It's a stunt kite, you know. And I could see it come up above the dust, and then dive back down into the dust, and you couldn't see it. And I could see the sun coming through the unicorn through the dust, all this, the all the slats and everything. It was this most beautiful thing. And it was just this tumultuous, crazy dust. I'm just like. Oh my God, as soon as I started doing this, I just got pulled into this giant dust storm and it was so exhilarating. And then finally the dust blew past me but the whole city was covered in dust. And I lowered my kite down and I looked down and looked, start coming out this way. The dust, it was coming directly at me from, you know, 12 o'clock. And I got on my bike and started riding. And still, there was no dust left, but it was this really super strong wind coming at me. And it was like from here to that piece, whatever that is. And it took us like 15 minutes to ride because it was just like, it was like uh. pedaling uphill. And and we, you know, this whole dust storm had gone by and it was the, it was the Starry Mandala. And those guys were all on the ground. They're just picking up. Things off the ground. I'm like, what are you guys doing? There's all these little splinters of bamboo okay. that because they had just had their whole debris pile blown all over the place, and I spent the next two hours just picking up splinters of bamboo with these guys, and it just to me it just seemed like the most important thing I could be doing at that time, you know. And it was just like so, um, like I said, just this beautiful, wonderful humility of yeah. you're not of, of getting over my ego or self-importance or it just i just seem so not small, the opposite. I just felt like so connected. I felt this all of a sudden, This this amazing connectedness collective co- to this collective consciousness that I just could never describe. And I'm like not a spiritual, religious person at all. So it was a very transformational experience for me. And I realized that it was very metaphorical for what was going on with my life, with the storm and this kite and this fighting this, and then this calm after that. And it was just like this catharsis and then this sort of clarity. Just a, a moment of absolute clarity. This wind just coming out, us, no more dust, and just, just spending the time, just picking up splinters of bamboo off the dirt and giving to these guys. And it was just the most wonderful moment of peace out there. The guy so who had it was done more the, of a
0: feeling or a vision.
1: Oh, a feeling. No, oh, it was just this amazing feeling of of contentment and gratitude. Gratitude more than anything else to be grateful for the you know to have this opportunity to just be helping them and picking up yeah. splinters it's yeah. the simplest thing but it was just it was felt like the most important thing and and after that i did some other just amazing experiences you know way out here in the middle of nowhere and and on the drive back from burning man this this vision came to me of this piece i mean just between between black rock city and practically Gerlach, Gerlach. you know just that long wait and it just I started giving these visions of this idea of this piece, and it just all came to me. Tell and I just felt, it, that. well, what I, I think what happened is what I was I had gone through this, you know, i have been lost my job, and I think I love turmoil. This was like I've been through all that, and I was I was ready ready to receive again, like I'd reach this clarity or this, you know, like uh, there was some weird block going on. And I'm like, is that it? Like my other pieces, is just, am I done? Is that all I have? And then. This piece starts coming to me. First, I'm thinking of being in a treadmill and this big giant uh, like um, squirrel cage and someone running inside of it as another zoetrope, you know. And then to me, it just seemed very obvious, you know, and it seemed very dramatic, and 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 so I thought, well, instead of someone running inside this wheel, how about someone grabbing, you know? Uh, you know, strut to strut in this big wheel. But then I just started thinking logistically of how it looked and the, where the thing would be and all this other the clutter of the guys under upside down guys swinging. It yeah. just didn't in my mind. I didn't like it. I thought, well, how about if it's a circle and they're grabbing, you know, from strut to strut? Like, mm-hmm. okay, no, that's work. That works. That'd be really cool. And then, and I started. And this was the first time that it's really for me a big um, evolution of my art is that I that at that moment incorporated the structure, the apparatus into the art piece where it became not just a bunch of figures on this thing, machine. Mm -hmm. I, I thought, well, that's a tree. That is a tree. You know, this isn't just some big spinning Thing. That's a tree. and It's a guy swinging branch to branch. And I'm like well that's not a guy at all. That's a monkey isn't it? You know? So you're kind of a, like a dialogue <laughs> with your vision? Oh absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's this whole thing I'm seeing in my head and like, and I could see it. It's like this Dr. kind of <laughs> Tim Burton-esque kind of weird tree with all these and I'm like thinking the tree has to be completely symmetrical because it's spinning oh, and right. you can't, can't yeah, know that yeah, it's yeah, spinning. Yeah. So first I wanted it to be like a baobab tree but then I realized you know that's without was my vision. It's like, oh, I'd love that tree. It'd be so cool. This big, heavy trunk with a bit. It, you couldn't really make a baobab tree, look, you know, symmetrical. And it's kind of emulates sort of a palm tree. But um, yeah, so I'm going. Okay, this monkey swinging branch to branch on this thing. And then I'm thinking, well, the monkey is this, the character that I have of the, the monkey snake, and is is I'm a, that's kind of. Uh, my alter ego is the monkey snake, half monkey, half snake. And I think we might've talked about that in our last interview. And um, I said, well, if there's a monkey, there's gotta be a snake, you know? (laughs) And, uh, And I'm thinking, well, okay. There's a snake coming up the tree with the apple you know it's the it's the tree of knowledge it's the tree of life you know it's like this this snake coming with an apple and and the monkey comes by and eats it you know and this monkey is just and it's and I just I was crying and laughing and just I should have pulled over because I could have crashed and I'm just like and again the the word the word to describe it is gratitude. I'm just like thank you, thank you, thank you you know that I've given this gift this the idea because like, I I was just so. Just completely, just crying and laughing, and just so overwhelmed with gratitude that I, that I was given this vision, you know. And it, I can't, I mean, even explain it what it what it means as far as to my life. I know what it means, um, you know, uh, symbolically, and what does it mean. Well, I mean, I, I, it's up to you, you know. What but does it then, mean to you, then? Well, what it means to me is. um... I'm gonna preface this with that I, I, it, 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 it's, it's a feeling. It's a feeling and it's not something that you can express in words really particularly because it is its own language. Mm-hmm. It's not, mm-hmm. oh well this, here I can explain you what the parts are and how it works. And I, I'm gonna tell you what it means to me. Okay. But what I'm more interested in is what it means to you. Okay. And how it makes you feel. And how it makes me feel. And it's about that feeling, and that transcends. I think the written and the spoken word. I don't want to say transcends; it it's better, but it's a different language. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and it's 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 to me it's, it's you can't that words cheapen it almost because yeah. it's it, it's going to give. I mean, there, there's archetypical you know symbols going on here. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's ridiculously so, you know how how um, you know they're pretty you know, basic symbols from religion from you know. Um, but ah. Um, uh, it's what it what it means to me is it it once it speaks to um evolution is that us or is that man is that monkey or we monkeys um and then the snake is is um the it's the tree of knowledge Mm -hmm. and the snake is the to me the giver of knowledge not of of sin i mean what the fuck is sin you know um, to me, it it and it, it really the the th- thing that speaks most to me to me about is the ridiculous notion of original sin mm-hmm. that somehow we're born guilty. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the hell kind of things I have to say to somebody? I mean, to control them. And to, for my proposal for this, did you read? I don't know if I showed you my proposal or not. I didn't uh, get to
0: see the proposal, okay. but I saw the GIF animated thing. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah, okay, okay. And so then I had to sign that. Uh, yeah. We thing. can talk about it now. <laughs> now that we're out here, we can talk about it. You know. And so, um, the, the quote at the beginning of my proposal is God says, God said to man, uh, do not eat from the tree of knowledge, for if you do, you'll surely die. And then the next quote after that was love and rockets. You cannot go against nature, because when you do go against nature, it's part of nature too, you know? Wait, what
0: did you mean by love and rockets?
1: Love and rockets, it's a song. They right? have no, right. no new tale to tell. Oh, okay, okay. And the, okay. the, the, the quote is... You ha- how You know, you can't go against nature because when you do, it's part of nature too. How can anything be unnatural? Because we wouldn't be doing it if it's natural because it's all part of the natural world. Right. And it was so weird because the theme was announced the day after I came up with this. And it's just so... The, the theme of our own our relationship with nature and are we nature, the, the man-made things is that not natural, because yeah. we're all part of nature, you know, and man-made, it's, well, we're all, na- you know, b- um, beavers are making dams, you yeah. know, and yeah. is that what, you know, what's natural and what's not, and if you look at this, and so, I mean, other things, I mean, that was basically my vision, this, and then, of course, as I started to work on the particulars of how it was going to work and um, function, um, I, you know, I started to realize, and this is the, the, just the, 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 the most wonderful part of creating my art and I don't know if other artists they have the same process but because the process for me is so much how that the why is is very deep in the subconscious you know and what and um and this is the crazy thing because someone else said this to me and I didn't notice it but it's also about our at the same time it's it's a two-sided sword it's like how we we, what could possibly be wrong wrong with learning you know, we all have this voracious appetite for learning, and the snake is not the devil is not our enemy. The devil is teaching us and giving us well this God that religion is telling us about. No, you don't do this, don't do that, yeah. and the, the Satan or the, the devil or us. And if you notice, it's a human hand. It's us. Yeah. We are what yes, the tempted and the temptress at the same time. Uh-huh. These human hands are these snakes, yeah. and um, they're giving us this apple, this and this another symbol. You know, it's yeah. got so many different meanings. Yeah, yeah. And, um,
0: but how close is it from your original vision?
1: Oh my god, it's exactly it. It's exactly it is exactly it. This is, that's the most ridiculous thing. Not only the vision, this is what I wanted to do, but all of the components, all of these other parts of it, that the, the, these day vision things, the bicycle charging things, mm-hmm. this, this these these you know, the, the shutter glasses, mm-hmm. the, it's just everything about this is exactly as I envisioned it, and that's just mind-boggling. And it's a testament to the hundreds of people that have put in the thousands of hours to make this thing work. I mean, I've, I've done about 5% of the work. It's just ridiculous how many volunteers have, have made this happen. Fundraising, working and making all the metal work and stuff, it just, it's just it's been a, it's just been. When I saw you last night,
0: you were talking about there was many challenges. Are you up for telling us a story about a challenge? The
1: challenges? Well, one of the biggest part things is part of my um, part of my uh, the my proposal was you know this, the budget, and I base part of my budget or based my budget on bids that I'd gotten for having some of this work done and all of the branches up there it's very complex there's like three four different radiuses in each one of those branches there's no straight lines in this whole piece it's is all it, curves is there it's no all straight curves. lines
0: in nature?
1: Uh, yeah <laughs> I mean I think I mean I don't I don't know I just I see curves and you know I don't, okay. I, don't I don't want be straight lines it's just, I want it wanted to just be this very curvy natural th- feel to it okay. and and that made that incredibly complex and difficult to make okay. and it's all made out of bent aluminum if you see even the ribs between them are curved, you know, I was like, I don't want these straight things and that was made it really complex and hard to do and the guy that gave me the bid But the problem is he never said he couldn't do it or wouldn't do it or was going to cost too much. He just kept saying, oh, uh, I'm waiting for the materials. I can't get the materials. Oh, we're moving our shop. He just kept laying all this crap and was like, and time running out of time. Because this is, if I, I needed that to test out all these other things. So I needed this early on. And I just kept getting the runaround and jerked around about it. And then I started trying to get all these other bids to get it done. And this guy's bid was $6,000. Turns out it was $6,000 to bend that goddamn aluminum. So to make that was probably about 20 grand, just to make the top of that thing. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it, that was just so, it just, that was where all my money went. Did you, you end know?
0: up going with him or did you go uh, with
1: somebody else? No, we, no, we, they, they wouldn't even do it. They, they didn't, they never said they couldn't do it. I just ended up having the, the the tubing bent somewhere else and I had to get, you know, so I had to do every part of that. Wow. I had to have someone else make all the little, all those little tabs and gussets and, you know, and, and all the, um, yeah, yeah. The, all, all the, um, brackets and everything had those all jet cuts at one other place and had all these, and then my, my buddy Turk, this guy who did the majority of the work on this. Thing. He did. He did all this in the shop. an Alex, that guy cut all the tubing. It was like, it was amazing. Uh, but it just it caused so much more than. I mean, it was. It was really just disappointing. It's like the lesson there was get multiple bids. You know. Yeah. Like I just had worked with these guys before and they were so wonderful, then all of a sudden they were not wonderful. So I would say get three bids on everything. Yeah. You know, and that. Yeah. And uh. But um. <laughs> although something I wanted to tell you about the look of it that someone said to me. And it's, it's reflecting on this voracious appetite for knowledge, mm-hmm. and how can that be bad, and how can that be wrong? And someone pointed out, I never even noticed it. The first thing they said, is like, wow, oh, that looks like a mushroom cloud. I'm like, oh my God. And being the bomb, I, I did notice it that is, the first time. Did you? Yeah, I'm like, oh my God, it is a mushroom cloud. And then I started thinking, well, what does that mean? You know, it's like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what this means. I'm like, is this voracious, with this voracious appetite for knowledge, are we... And I think I had... to so this, my sister fish was kind of the same thing. Are we... Are we... Um, has our technological knowledge surp- are, our surpassed our moral capacity to understand what we're doing? You know? Like, we're learning all these things. And we've, we've, we've technologically become so... Can do so many wonderful things. Yeah. But are are we... Capable of of dealing, how to morally deal with that knowledge. You so know? the
0: tree of knowledge will kill you.
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't. You know. I don't know. It's a double-edged sword. It's like these. Like it's it's like knowledge can be the most wonderful thing, but it also obviously, you know, as Oppenheimer found out, it can be yeah. a horrible thing. You know, and and um, it's it's like with, with and then the, the, then the the the, the quick uh, blurb would be with all that we've learned and all the technology. We've amassed. We're we're still doing the same things we've been doing thousands of years ago. As far as culturally, mm-hmm. we doesn't we don't seem to have advanced very much. That we're just being we're still killing people and more, it's more efficiently, you know. And and is like well are we still monkeys, you yeah. know? Been so we're since.
0: gonna test it out now. Oh,
1: like you want to see it go? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So so right now. It's working right now. We're going through this whole new switching system that I'm not I, quite sure how it works because so just give me a second. Okay, sure. But if you wanna just sit in this um, seat, seat here. Um and you just you just look through you look through these and it just gives you a daylight strobe effect. These are oh, shutter okay. lenses, so so it flickers on and off like a shutter. Okay. So it'll give you the stroboscopic effect okay. during the day. But oh, excuse me, why don't you come over here please. Let me take a
0: second? Okay, sure.
1: You can hear me fumble around.
0: <laughs> Actually, I'll capture that. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, um, so, let me try. Not quite sure why this doesn't. Oh. Okay, we have a 30 second countdown, so let's go sit in the seat. Ah. Okay, come on over here. <laughs> so, just sit down there. And start watching it. Right now? Yeah. Do you have it's, to pedal? No, don't. You don't have to do anything. Just you, you wait for it. Just, just wait for it to start spinning. You can you know adjust this however you, you need it to be adjusted. Okay. So it takes. It's it's not for some reason it's not going as fast as it was going at night. I don't know for a number of reasons, or friction and the rubber. So I don't know, but it's not. It takes 30 seconds to get up to speed. Okay. To work. At one point you'll see the effect work and it takes at this speed it's a little too slow but as it gets going you'll just start to see the illusion. Oh there it is, there it is. Oh Oh, Oh, that's magic! Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that, <just> wonderful?
0: <laughs> that was Peter Hudson talking about his art project, Hamora Roboros, at Burning Man 2007. And now we talk to Peter's sister, Tess.
2: Did he tell you that whole story? That's a whole separate story how our whole family came to try to understand his whole passion for it because you know he said that it's kind of changed his life Uh and um, only one of my brothers has come here before Uh and I have three brothers. Pete's one of them and so this time um, we all decided, so my parents came, and I came, and then my youngest brother came, and then we're all kind of pitching in and also sharing it with them, and because, like, the Burning Man is kind of like, um, the people here are kind of like a large family. I mean, they relate to each other as a family, so it's kind of weird that we're his real family, but we weren't part of this, and now it's like we're being intermingled with his Burning Man family, and it's really cool, and I'm a reporter, and so I'm actually writing a story about it, too. Oh, cool. I can't wait to read it. Uh, thanks. Do you know when it'll come out? Wednesday? Of this week? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So have you seen it go work yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. In fact, he built the whole thing, you know, in a warehouse okay. in Alameda and then just brought it out here. And that's, he was kind of explaining that to us last night, because his background is like in stage um, right? uh-huh. stuff. And so he said he can't believe that some artists are actually building their projects here, like actually fabricating them, and he's like, you know, you really should do that ahead of time, so that when you come here, all you have to do is put it together, and you, you know yeah. it's going to work, you know. What
0: do you think of Burning Man?
2: Oh, I think it's awesome. I mean, I, like I said, I've been interviewing a lot of people, and the one word that comes up more often than anything else is inspiring, you know, because it's like everybody is inspired by each other, and, and everybody wants to help each other, and like... You know, it doesn't seem to be a competition, really. It seems like everyone is here just to um, participate and give, you know. And like Pete was saying, how he has this whole feeling of gratitude when he's here, you know. And that's a cool thing that you don't often find out in society at large. So I think that's very cool. Is Burning Man what you thought it would be? I mean, based on... Well, it hasn't started yet. Uh-huh. So, you know, part of why I wanted to come to is because there is a stereotype mm-hmm. of raving parties, you know, and stuff. And even when I told people at my work that I was coming here, they're like, you? You know, I mean, they just couldn't even get their wrap their mind around the fact that I was coming. So, you know, part of why I'm doing my story is to kind of break that stereotype, like you don't have to be some raving party person to come to Burning Man. But, I mean, I understand that some people are, but, you know, the whole artistic part of it is very, very cool. And I was interviewing this one guy who said that his friend called this, like, the Super Bowl of art because, like, you don't see stuff like this anywhere else. And P was saying that he had dreamed of Sissy Fish once when he was actually working on a TV Mm -hmm. crew. And uh, people there were telling him, oh, it'll never work, you know, and pointing out all the reasons it couldn't be done. And then he just finally said to himself, you know what? I think I can do it. And it worked. And so he said part of the cool thing about Burning Man is that People aren't telling you, no, you can't do it, it can't be done. They're like, yes, you can do it, we believe in you, and we want to help you realize your dream. And so to me, it seems like this is a place where fantasies can become reality, you know? So that's what I think is really cool about it.
0: That was Teresa Harrington talking about her first burn and her brother's art project, the Hermororobris. To read the article she wrote for the InsideBayArea.com, just click on our show notes on our blog at burncast.net. Now, if you'll recall, earlier in this episode, Peter was reluctant to talk about the meaning of the piece. Like Larry Harvey, who says Burning Man is what you make of it, Hudson was more interested in hearing from others what it meant to them. The following clip is from two guys who offer their take. Stephen, Tell me what your impressions are of the Homura Rovers.
3: It's, on the surface, the the zoetrope effect is like biblical snake, apple, ape thing. It's very well done, beautifully executed. But when you have the people playing the drums and people sitting on the bicycles pedaling with the monkey masks, it's like, I see it as a comment on kind of modern modern life you know, modern times it's like the old Charlie Chaplin film modern Modern times where people are cogs in a machine kind of thing and um, when you see it with the strobes with the faces of the people cycling the faces of the people drumming it kind of has this very disturbing uh, reflection of you know people working in offices towards endless means people swinging on trees swings and sw- you know swings and roundabouts but in beautifully executed, fantastic art, but kind of depressing. <laughs> and that's 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 my take, that's it. Where are you from? Dublin, Ireland. And what's your name? Oh, Michael.
0: Do you have a take on the, on the homework? On,
3: on Monkey, on yeah. Swinging Monkey. Yeah, Swinging Monkey was good. It was a combination of mechanical engineering, um, electrical engineering, and also art as well, of course. And light and physics as well are included too, I think. So I liked it. I like the monkey on monkey action as well, where there's monkey powering other monkey to swing around. So there's kind of a connection between then the swinging monkeys and the other monkey face drummers and cyclists.
0: That was Steven and Mick with their thoughts on the meaning of Hamororobris. Until next week, this is Debomb inviting you to check out the Burncast blog at burncast.net, where we featured an assortment of videos from others in the community, including my favorite Putt-Putt Playa, a nine-and-a-half-hole golf course where each hole takes on another green thing. Also featured in our blog is a link to some writings by Eric Davis about this year's burn. Davis is the author of Technosis, Myth, Magic, and Mysticism in the Age of Information. All this can be found by logging on the BurnCast blog at burncast.net. Music in today's show is by Mista Farge, which can be found at the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Photos courtesy of Peter Hudson and Almost Jaded. You have been listening to BurnCast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information, visit our website at burncast.net. To contact us, call the BurnCast hotline at 775-363-5861 or click on the MyChingo recorder at our website, burncast.net. A very special thanks to Lecter of Nospectators.com for hosting these podcasts.